Pray with me if you would. Father, in Jesus' name, pour it on us. Holy Spirit, meet us. We need you and your words. And that alone will change our lives. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. In a, um, so in a very unsimple world, what is simply Jesus? Well, he's the third beast of the ninth head in Revelation, and he is the, uh, he, there's deeper things in the book of Ezekiel, and we got to go deeper. Well, nah, you know, you might be melancholy, okay? So and there's a lot of that, you know, but, but who, who is simply Jesus? I'm going to talk with you about that in just, just, just now. Just kind of let you see who he is. I'm going to, um, I mean, simple, like, it's, like, it's like the instructions that you get on the thing that you're putting together. I used to, with my kids, it would say, you know, put, uh, remember when I had to put the bikes together during Christmas and they give you instructions? I don't do instructions. I go by the Spirit. And as a result of that, I have five, six screws left over and about four parts. But they say, this is simple. Just use the instructions. How many, when you see those instructions, they say, it's simple. How many of you want to tear those instructions up? It's just like, phew, just get, you know. Simply apply this cream on your arms and your face, and you will de-age by 25 years. Sorry about that right now, but some of us do. And all of a sudden, you put it on, you go, that's a lie. You look at the mirror and you go, nope. <laughs> Simply put it on and there's no problem. Nothing's ever really simple, is it? So John chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, I think they have it on top here. Simply Jesus. So this is at the Last Supper and, they're, uh, and Jesus is washing their feet. And it says, it was just, about, it was just before the Passover uh, festival and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him. To leave this world and go to be with the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Iscariot, Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Verse 4, so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothes and wrapped the towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And then Peter comes to him and he says, Lord, are you going to wash our feet? Uh, no, you, no, this isn't, uh-uh. You're almighty God in the flesh. You're not, no, not me. No, we're not going to do this because I need to do this with you. No, said Peter, um, I'm, I'm never going to wash your feet. And Jesus said, look, 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 you got to get this. Because unless I wash your feet, you're going to have no part of me. Didn't say it like that, probably. He said, you're going to have no part of me. And then Peter replies and said, then, okay, not only my feet, but my hands and my head as well. So Jesus, is on the last, on the eve of Jesus' crucifixion, Jesus washed his disciples' feet, and he said to them, because if you go down, I'm sorry, I missed a very important part there, Jesus replied, uh, uh, you don't realize what's going on right now. You don't realize now what I'm doing, but you're later going to understand all about this. And that's when Peter said with a, everything. 
So Jesus said um, on that eve, you don't know what's going on right now. You, don't, you really don't know. But you're going you're gonna to understand later. You're going to get it later. You ever just want to know now? I, I've got a secret. What is it? I can't tell you. I want to know now. Is it about me? Did somebody say something about me? Are they praying for me? Did they put it on Facebook? Is it about, I just want to know if it's about, it's not about me. It's fine as long as it's about somebody else. Let me know now. Are we leaving? We were little kids in the car. Are we there yet now? I said, go to my kids. No, no, I just left the driveway. I'm not there yet. We got about five hours. Are we there? I want to know it now. We have this thing, all of us, this capacity that goes, I really want I want you, God, but I want you now. I want peace, but I want it now. I want a revelation, and I want it now. I want, I want uh, grace, and I want it now. I want patience, and I want it now. Give it to me now, God, if you could, that we can save a lot of time for the future. And Jesus said, it's going to come later. Hebrews 12, 11, all discipline for the moment seems not joyful, but sorrowful. How many of you, I mean, when I was younger, okay, I, I'd get a whack every once in a while. I never deserved it. I never deserved a whack. I don't know why my father every once in a while would give me a whack. That was his issue, not mine. I never deserved it. Um, but, you know, something like, son, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. No, it's not. This is going to hurt me See, because I am the receiver, you are the whoop-er. I'm the whoopee. <laughs> I get a laugh at that. That just came out. Uh, <laughs> I'm the whoopee. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the one receiving it. You're not going to hurt. I'm going to hurt. That's got to be crazy, Dad. <laughs> What Jesus was basically saying to these guys was, look, he said, look, stuff is going to happen in your life. You're going to go through things. You're going to have to learn things. You're going to have to understand what's happening in the dynamics of what I'm doing in your life. Because if you don't and you live off your own devices, then you're not going to really understand what the Spirit of God can do in you. And how you can then navigate through life in me rather than in your own desires and self and your own opinions. Or, you know, that was a bad relationship. You know, he just was bad. You were so bad, you, you didn't consider me, and you didn't understand me, and you, and you never really wanted to, uh, honey, can I have some of that water, please? You never really wanted to uh, really understand who I was and be part of, of my own experience. Thank you very much, babe. Um, but, so it was not your fault, it was their fault. Because you never do anything wrong, right? It, you know, it's not, it's, what happened? Okay, what happened in this relationship? It's all bummed out. Where did I go wrong to? Where, what in this whole thing happened to me that I can learn from? Holy Spirit, minister to me that I might be able to learn from this. All of us have needs. All of, every single one of you here have needs. Some of you have needs more than others. Some of you haven't been loved like you needed to be loved. Some of you have been uh, too loved. Some of you have been codependent with your parents. Your parents take care of you. Others have had to really fend for themselves. And I mean, it's a, it's a, a collage of different needs here. Some are very intact and we have no problems. And I have, and oh, some of you suffer from depression and anxiety. Some of you uh, have self-esteem issues. 
uh, as some of you are just very into yourself and narcissistic, how do you feel? I'm good all the time. How are you looking today? Would you like my left side or my right side? Yes, I am a humble person of God. But we all have issues, every single one of us. And Jesus was saying, you're going to have to go through all of this because I'm about to do something for you guys. I'm about to cleanse your sins and provide redemption for you in just a few hours. And this is all for you. You don't understand it now, but you'll understand it later. I need to bring you to a place of humility, a humbling you know, and, and understanding of realizing that it's not all about me. You either fall upon the rock or the rock falls upon you. Matthew 21, 44. Falling upon the rock is an act of humility. Boom, God help me, oh Lord Jesus. Please, oh rock, oh God. I'm, I'm, I'm open, please uh, change me and mold me. Or, no, that was his fault, her fault, and constantly is their fault and his fault. And then, boom, the rock falls upon you because he loves you that much. God does not become codependent with us. I need you to understand, Fred, that you went through that. That hurt, God. What did you learn from it? Well, I, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit begins to minister to us. Because it's always for the good with God. Always for the good. So a humility. But also he wants to bring us to a place of awareness. A recognizing what just went on. What's happening in my life? What do I need to accomplish? What do I need to deal with? Where do I need to go? What do I need to cry out for you, God? A recognizing, a realization, a consciousness of what is happening in my life and what I've, what, you know, maybe in your past some things have happened where you're going, I just, my past affects my present if I'm not applying the principles of Christ and the person of Jesus in it. Life can be painful. Some of you may know that. If your pain is really big, and I'm not trying to say, everything's relative, but Blink your eyes and you're a decade down the road. Blink your eyes and it's 20 years down the road. Now all that all to go through pain, through much suffering. It's, it's not just physical pain, but pain of life so that we can discover who God is and the beauty of him showing us how we can learn from the, our mistakes. When I was here at Elam in 74 to 76, we left Baltimore and uh, we got married, and we, got, we bought a house there in Baltimore, a little house. And, and then I felt God was calling me to Elam. I was fighting coming to Elam. I really didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to come because uh, I just, it wasn't convenient. And I was working some construction in D.C., and I, I just, God was on my heart. He was pulling me. But So then all of a sudden it happens. I know it's God. Man, we, I don't sell the house. We just take care of things. We pack up the one little kid. Boom, we're here, and we're trying to we didn't, not even rent the house. i got to rent the house now. I've, got, I've just employed somebody to try to find a renter. Well, it rented, and then that person left, and then it rented again, and that person left. And I'm up here with three payments behind on a house that I really should have taken care of before I left. But I came a little prematurely, and that was so bad that I remember going down 5 and 20 toward Avon, right? That's 5 and 20. And I remember going off one of those roads, and there was a big cornfield there. And you could tell the, the, the tractor or whatever was going through it. It was uh, maybe around late September, early October. I remember I took my 1974 orange Volkswagen station wagon and ran right into the cornfield. Corn just... Just all around me... I go in the middle of this cornfield, and I just stop. I didn't, I didn't know where the farmer's going to come out and say, you, you crazy? 
I just said, God, I cried out to God, God, I'm falling apart. I need some money. I've got to pay this school bill. I'm working like a dog up there at Pinko. It used to be called Pinko then. And, and, and I have the people. I, I got the rent. Again, I don't know what I'm doing. Somebody here at school as a prophet said, listen, what you need to do is just tell God what you want and tell him how you want it and tell him how much money you want and tell him when you want it sold. And I'm thinking, I can't even tell my earthly father that. And I'm going to tell God that. But I was desperate. So I did that out of just desperation. Guess what happened? Nada. <laughs> Not one thing. That's when I ran my car into the cornfield. I said, God, I'm beside myself. Remember the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, what did you not take care of? I didn't take care of all the responsibilities that I should have before I came up here. I repented in a cornfield. Sounds like the title of a book. <laughs> I repented in the cornfield. I said, God, I am so, so sorry. That is, I should have done that. I see now what I've done wrong. Within four weeks, my house was sold, gone. Got, got a little money for it. Because God showed me something in my heart. There was a pain that was going on, but he, it, it, uh, all, all things worked together for good to those who love God, right? And so that happened to me, and, and I became aware of it. And then the third thing is that he wants to show the disciples and us, receiving and giving grace, providing understanding and goodwill to each other. Grace and mercy. You give people grace and mercy as you would like to receive grace and mercy. And then extending love, being loved the way that you would like to be loved. How would you like to be loved? How would you like to be understood? Jesus is telling them about this stuff. He knew that they were going to fail before they failed. He, he, he knew that all that they were going to do, they were going to desert him and one was going to deny him. But it didn't matter to Jesus because he loved them. And he loved them unconditionally. He understood their human condition. He understood... In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 7 where it says, and then their eyes were open, and then they realized they were naked. Nakedness was not a sin, was not something to be ashamed of. But all of a sudden when they sinned, their eyes were open. That was the inception of the fall of man right there. We fell apart psychologically, physiologically, emotionally, neurologically, relationally, spiritually. We fell apart in every single area. And we haven't stopped falling apart as a result of that. And the next morning I can see the disciples as they're, as they're hanging their heads in shame. And I wonder as they're hanging their heads in shame and maybe looking at their feet and getting triggered. Wow, you washed our feet. And yet I feel so shameful. I'm just, I feel so horrible about me. Feeling shame inceptually is not necessarily a bad thing if I'm learning from it. It's only when I live there. Because then it can be a conviction involved in that. But what the enemy wants to do is cause us to live there so that we can be defined by our mistakes, and that's a lie. I will only be defined by who I am in Christ Jesus. And as a result of that, I can't give in to that. Because Jesus provided mercy to each and every one of these guys before they even needed it, and he forgave them of their sins even before they committed it. Because he understood their human condition. God gave them, rather Jesus gave them the agape, which is simply him. Simply Jesus. He went on to say in that same chapter, by the way, in verse 34, he said, a brand new commandment I give to you. This is brand new. I'm going to add to Moses here. A brand new commandment I give to you. Love one another just the same way that I love you. And if you do this, 
<laughs> and they're going to know your disciples by all of the Bible teaching you learn, by all of the, I can exegesis the scriptures and I can debate with anybody uh, because I know all the scriptures and I've been able to memorize them because I'm such a man or a woman of God. Because I got all these wonderful qualities and giftings that God has given me. All these wonderful things. They're going to know that I love Jesus by the things that I know. They're going to know you love Jesus in the way that you love your brother and your sister. That's what he said. The way you love them, that's how they're going to distinguish. Ah, oh, he's a Jesus freak. She's a Jesus freak. Because of the way oh, you love him. I know a lot of other people wouldn't love her. I know a lot of people that wouldn't love him. He's a problem. But Jesus loves you. I'm glad Jesus loved me. <laughs> Aren't you glad that Jesus loves you? It's, it's a strange but yet magnificent kind of thing. It's an agape. It's a, the word itself means uh, selfless and sacrificial and unconditional. It doesn't seek its own. It's not about you. It's about him. The whole, you know, for God so loved the world thing. He gave his only begotten son. It's because God said, I'm giving to you something that is mine. And I'm not thinking of me or him. I'm thinking of you and what it can provide for you. So what is simply Jesus, and how is it relevant in our lives, and what does it do both for me and in me? Mm. Simply Jesus is extending those things that I just shared a moment ago, and even more of those gifts, to yourself and to others. It's simply that. You fight your own self. You fight your own issues in your life. There's not a person here that's issueless. If you are human and happen to possess skin, you have issues. Really? Not me. I'm, I'm here at Elam, which says that I'm a spiritual person. <clears throat> You're here at Elam because God wants to meet you. Elam both loves people and grinds them. <laughs> Elam Grinding Institute. <laughs> Aren't you happy now? <laughs> When I was here, he just ground me to pieces. I kept, mm, I had issues. However, I met with Jesus. And when you meet with Jesus, it makes all the difference because things begin to take place. I'm going to make a statement here. And guys, you might want to put it up. Agape doesn't love, okay? Let's hear. Agape doesn't love somebody because they're worthy. Agape makes them worthy by the strength and power of its love. God doesn't love you because you're worthy or love me because I'm worthy of being loved. It loves us by virtue of who he is and what he has and the glorious love that he provides for us. None of us are worthy of this because of Adam. However, nonetheless, he reaches unto us in our darkest moments because he never, never leaves us nor forsakes us. Agape is a radical love. It's, it's loud. It's... it's transformational. It doesn't make sense at times. Don't love him. He's just, you don't know what he did, you know, and he did a crazy thing. And you know what? I'm not the Lord, but the Lord's going to have to deal with him. Go get him, Lord. Just go get him and show him because he needs to be shown. She needs to be shown. And when she's shown, grow up a little bit and walk straight until it's you that needs that. Agape is very radical. It, it radical. He was in the Middle East, and he's talking about love. I was talking with an, a graduate here who was from Iran, who came from Iran. It took him a long time, he and his family, to leave Iran and to be in this school. And he said, 
when he was in the womb, they preached two things to him. Number one, hate, as he's in the womb. Hate big Satan, which is the United States of America, and hate little Satan, who is Israel. He said, I never heard the word love. I never heard it until a series of events, and he ended up coming to Jesus. It was amazing testimony. It's radical. It's extravagant. It's costly. It's radical. It, it, it shines. It's confetti. His love just bursts out when other things aren't happening. What's the reason revival is happening? Uh, they're calling it uh, riots to revival in Portland, Oregon right now, which is really bad. It's like the 101st day that it's been riots. It's like, Our, my nation is in, we, we need to hear from God because we need to change. We need to do things. We need to adapt. We need to understand. We need to be sensitive in areas that we've not been sensitive in. But I'm telling you, there are things going on that, that God is going to use to bring people to himself because that is the only way that people's hearts and minds and hardened hearts and evil and, and angry hearts are transformed in any human being. It's costing. It's very unconventional as well, his love. It's, it's very unusual. Agape is a place where all of us fall at times when we're struggling. And that's the reason Paul said later on, he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14, he said, because of this love, he said, the love of God compels me. It drives me like a Borden Stroke 327 engine. I just can't stop. It just drives me to a place where I can't stop experiencing and moving in and sharing about his love. And he said, because we're convinced that the one who died for all, therefore all of us have died. And all that he's provided, we're all recipients of it. He said, I no longer have to do the law. I move in his love and his grace and his gospel. And all that he has Given to me. I mean, this stuff is foundational stuff. It's simply Jesus. It's simply Jesus. It's not a combination that you have to figure out. It's not a password that you have to somehow look at and, and try to, you know, figure that whole thing out. What's the password? This is simply Jesus. His agape love is the only constant that never changes in a never, pardon me, in a constantly changing world. His agape is the only constant that never changes in a constantly changing world. Nothing changes about who he is. The same gospel that he preached and everything that he said a little over 2,000 years ago is the same thing he's preaching right now. He's setting people free all over the place. Has anybody here been looking at uh, the, uh, I know I've been posting on my Facebook sites, and I think they've been on some others, uh, the revival out there in, in, in California and Portland. Have you been seeing some of this stuff? If you haven't, I want you to, uh, you can friend me, just Fred Antonelli, and you can see all these kind of posts, and there's some of the others here. There's massive revival going on, not just out in California, but it's happening in the Middle uh, West. It's happening in, actually in Philadelphia. Some things are happening. Through all of this stuff, God is beginning to do something that is very, very extraordinary and very wonderful. He is providing, he is providing a, a radical love to people who have been, who are angry, and some of them don't even know why they're angry. Some of them do, and some of them don't. It's just like the thing to do with some. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. He's the same agape. He's the same mercy. He's the same grace. He's the same compassion. 
Jesus is the same power forgiveness. He has the same gospel message of hope for each and every one of us and those out there as well. He's the same promise of eternity. He's the same I am with you always. He's the same I will never leave you nor will I ever forsake you. He's the same with all of those things. He doesn't change. The wind changes and and leaders and presidents and kings and men and women, they all change. They come and they go. Friends change. You were my friend today, but you're not my friend now. Seasons change. The world changes. Our surroundings change. Our atmosphere changes. Our, our, uh, the, 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 our minds sometimes change. Our bodies change. <laughs> There's a lot of things that change, but Jesus is still the constant, unchanging, loyal source of agape and stability in the entire universe. I'm going to make a, make a statement here, um, and it's a little sidebar. That is, only agape, young men and women, only agape brings sanity to the angry soul and hope for the empty heart. Only agape calms the rage that is in me. I'm not just talking about the streets. I'm talking about in our own lives and what we travel with on a daily basis. Revival happens when his love and our hunger for him meets. That's when revival happens. Like when you were worshiping God, just everything that, everything that, everything that. When you were doing that, uh, the Holy Spirit was, I can almost see it in the Spirit, just falling on you. Looking around him, took a little bit of video, people smiling. Just, you know, you were just in another realm for a moment. And I'm, I'm assuming when you were in that realm, you were not in perpetual torture. You were just kind of like, in these moments, I'm just, I can feel it in my chest and, and in my mind. And, in, and Father, you're just expressing it. I feel it. It's you. It's the love of God. It's that thing that he brings out. It's simply Jesus. It's a microcosm of opening blind eyes and, and giving grace to the struggling and daily heart surgery on each and every one of us. It's amazing. You don't understand now, he says, but you're going to understand later. Simply Jesus is, is him loving you through the storm while at the same time you just not letting go. Don't let go. Don't let go because he's going to prove himself faithful to you in every area. It's him breathing life into you so that you can export that life into other people. That's simply Jesus. I'm going to ask the worship team if they could come back for a minute. Worship team, if you just come on and hop up here. We have just a couple minutes, and I know you've got a 1240. You've got to be up there with Brother Matt. What I want to do before we leave and get ready for lunch, I had a video I was going to share with you. I'll share it with you later. But what I want you to do, I want you to stand, if you would, please, okay? I want you to stand. And I want you to pretend that there's nobody next to you, there's no one to your left, and there's no one to your right. It's just you and Jesus, the simple, loving Savior that brought you to this place, not just this place, even physically, but brought you to this place in life. I sent to my students, there are a few of you that are saying, well, I really need a touch from God. And even though we can't right now come and just lay hands on you, I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes, if you would. By the way, it's the first song you started out with is a song that I'd like to sing.
<clears throat> so stop and just go, Lord, I'm yours. Such as I am, here I am. And I'm believing you, God, to do something in my life. And I, it's just irrelevant as to who's next to me. I need you to speak to my heart and ignite me on fire. Oh, God, do something in me that only you can do as I worship you and I lift my hands and I speak in the Spirit and I meet you. My love for you and your love for me. And start a revival in me. Do it and begin it. And then work through it and export it. It's just you and him as we sing this together. One more time.